Well, welcome back, dolls. I'm glad to be back after missing last week. I was out of the country and did not have internet. So we got a break. We got a one-week break, um, but excited to share with you something that has been not only impactful with my clients, but impactful in my life. Now, it's not about dating a relationship this week. It's about how to adult well, adulting 101. But some adults need to learn that some of us adults, even though we're not in our 20s, we still have having a hard time making a life feel pleasant and calm and good at the same time having to deal with the harder things in life. So today I'm sharing something that has been impactful and really helpful in my life in creating a life that is calm and pleasant and balanced. Um, Again, if anybody comes to mind as you listen, I ask that you pass this along. If you have a chance, rate, review, and subscribe. That allows us to grow. If you're looking for more content I'm putting out, I do have groups. I have online groups. They're happening one to two times a month. They're limited to 10 people, and you can sign up on my stand store. It's in any of the bios on my platforms, on Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok. I have one spot left for August, and we just are opening up July next, or I'm sorry, we're opening up September next week. All right, well, with that, let's get started. Hey, dolls, welcome back. Oh, well, I had a nice break. I was actually on vacation in Spain, of all places, and that was the first week that I missed making a podcast since I, since I started at the beginning of this year. And I have to tell you, there's part of me was like, no, no, you need to make one. And and in actuality, I was planning on it, but our Airbnb we were at, they had a, a issue with the internet. And I thought, you know, maybe this is just the good Lord's way of saying, let it go. Actually, just shut off from everything. And so so I did. I had a chance to recharge and wound my way through Madrid and a little coastal town called San Sebastian. And I have to tell you, Oh man, if you need to, if you are a traveler and you like traveling, put San Sebastian on your list. It's a Basque community right up there, right on the water. Amazing food called pinches, little tapas portions and the small portions, amazing food, amazing wine. And you just stroll through the streets. And, you know, I, it has been a long time since I've take, been able to just take a vacation and just unwind and shut everything down. And there is something about sometimes getting out of our environment. You know, if I don't know if anyone needs to hear this, but it's also it's okay to escape life sometimes. It is. Can I just give you permission? Not now. If we're escaping it every day, if we're escaping through through alcohol, if we're escaping through drugs, if we're escaping through social media, that we then we want to be like, oh, what's going on in our life that we that we are trying to to escape it. But it's also okay every now and then to just run away from your life. It's okay to run away. I ran away. I like ran away and had no responsibilities and ate too much and had a lot of wine and it was just it, and that's okay. It, it's okay to to escape from life at times. That actually is kind of what we're going to be talking about about today is how do we create a balanced life. Yes, I'm going to get back to dating and relationships. You know, I don't stray far from there. And believe it or not, this affects our dating and relationships. And I have uh, some guests coming on the next week or two, so I'm excited. So we will get back to that, back to our usual topics of ghosting and dating. And how do I, how do I, how do I, I want to be married, but I get the ick. That was the video I did today, uh, which (laughs) I thought, oh, sweet Jesus. Yes, I like the idea of getting married. I like the idea of this ideal person with check boxes. But when a real human being shows up, one that does not live in my brain, I get the ick. Um, And maybe that's where we, maybe that's where I need to start next week when we go back to dating. But today, I want to talk about creating a life. If you are somebody who's young and in your 20s too, this is literally called adulting 101. 
is how do we create a life that is balanced? And what we're, what I'm going to suggest is that we work from a template. We work from a model that is a it's a it's, it pendulates. And so right now, as you as you're writing, if you're listening to this and you have paper around you, I'm going to encourage you to almost make like a scale and something that can pendulate, that can swing from side to side, and you can even write that down as as we're talking. But when we're talking about adulting, some of the things or about our life, some of the things we get stuck in is a very black and white thinking. We get stuck in this thought of like, life should be all good or life is all bad. I mean, think about it. Sometimes we're like, this is amazing. I have the best life ever. I love my body. I'm beautiful. And the next minute we're like, oh my gosh, this sucks. I don't want to be here. This is the worst life ever, right? And it's miserable. And so we tend to swing from an all in to an all out. Right. And so we'd want to say, what does it mean to create a good life? And I would say, well, a good life has to have a balance to it. A good life, an adulting life is going to have a swing into adulting responsibilities, tasks I need to, to cover, tasks I need to accomplish. And we need those because our bodies need to have a sense of purpose. They need to have a sense of contributing to life. So when we are thinking about creating a life that is pleasant and calm, creating a good life, an adulting life where we're adulting well, it's not, adulting well isn't all about just doing adult tasks. It's about finding that balance. So on that one end of the pendulum, if you're writing it down, we have accomplishing tasks, setting goals, right? Completing those. How do I start to feel like I'm moving through life and accomplishing those life things well? But, and this is where we get into a little bit of problem, there is this feeling that says, once I grow up, I have to be living in this adult world. I don't know about you, but when you look around adults around you, how, how do they look like they're doing? How do their marriages look like they're doing? How do their relationships? How do their lives? I got to tell you, I think sometimes it's very discouraging for young people when they look at older people and think, I don't want that. That doesn't that doesn't look super fun. Like, wait, I almost like I want to go back there. It's kind of like, how do I go back? How do I crawl back into the womb? Because it's nice and cushy and we're all comfy in here floating around. Right. So there is a sense. I got to tell you, it's very normal for, for 20 year olds, 20 somethings to almost have this sense of like, yes, they want to adult. Yes, they want to be big. Yes, they want to be older. And then there's also this part of them that's like, mom, I want to crawl back in. Take care of me. And we have both of those pieces inside of us. So why is this message really important? Because we've got to balance out the two. We want to leave space for part of us that's growing older, and we need to leave we need to leave space for part of us that is still a kid. And this is the part a lot of adults forget, is that inside of us, it's kind of like if you were to have a tree, and if you were to slice a tree, if you were to go to a big, a big tree and you were to slice the middle of it, and then you look and there's all these rings to the tree. And if you look at the middle, the middle of that tree is the original sapling that was there that was like a little baby, that baby tree, that baby sapling, even though on the outside it looks like this big, hardy, rough, adult, very grown tree. And, and we're like that as adults. We're like that, even though we look older on the outside, a little bit more wrinkled. I just did my roots yesterday. Now all of a sudden they're looking good. They're looking a little younger now that they're black, but they were all gray. They were all gray. So on the outside, we're looking older, but on the inside, we still carry this childlike part of us. When I see people adulting well, they learn how to pendulate. There's that swing where I come in and I do those adulting tasks. I do what I need to get done. I learn how to make lists. I learn how to encourage myself. I learn how to celebrate those accomplishments along the way, right? By the way, 
When's the last time that you like had a little like like party for yourself for just accomplishing your tasks? Sometimes I will pause and I will be like, oh, look at me go. Look at everything I got done. And I will actually like hype myself up and be like, you are such a badass. I got so much done. Our body feels good. It actually gets a little dopamine hit when you accomplish a goal. So even if it's a small goal, like making your bed, when you're getting it done and you're checking it off and you're crossing it off your list, your brain gets a little a little pop of like, oh, there we go. All right, that feels good. We accomplished that. So if you're somebody who's having a little bit more of a low mood or you feel like you're having a hard time accomplishing things in life, make it smaller. Make your bed. Put Get dressed. Go back to when you were a kid, get dressed, brush your teeth, be able to see those as accomplishments and marking those things off your list. And that's adulting. If we're having a, having a hard time adulting on the big things, start smaller. But every time we accomplish something, our body, our brain gets a little hit. We feel better. We need that part in order to feel like we're adulting well. Now, here's the part that's often missing from a lot of adults, and that is that we need to pendulate. We need to be able to swing out of that adulting, and we need to pendulate over here into things that are childlike. Not childish, childlike. What's the difference? Childlike are things that are silly, lighthearted, everything that you would, you would, equip, you would, you would associate with like when you were five. Majority of people when they were five, right? So things that are lighthearted, things that are silly, things that are goofy, things that give our brain a break where that prefrontal cortex that's doing all of our logic and rationalizing and reasoning and strategizing, that even our prefrontal cortex gets a break that we can just be. I mean, think back to when you were five, like your biggest issue was like, I got to wait in line at the swing to get on the swing at recess, Right. You know, so I mean, like, that's, that's what we're looking for is where can I swing out and give my brain a break? Why is that important? Because if not, our brains stay on all the time. And anything that stays on all the time, remember, it's like a muscle, it burns out. So we want to create a life where we pendulate over here, we get our tasks done, we do our adulting, but we need to create a space where we pendulate out and we are childlike. What's again the difference between childlike and childish? Childlike is silly, lighthearted, goofy. Childish is going to have the emotional maturity of a child. So we're not wanting that. We're not wanting you to pick a fight with your with your mate and be like, sorry, I'm not your friend anymore, right? Or fighting back. We're not looking for childish behavior, immature behavior, but we are looking for childlike behavior. Now, why is that important? Well, for one, like I said, that gets us out of our brain. It gives our brain a little bit of a break, but we, it gives our body a chance to have sensations that are light, calm, pleasant. I want you to think right now, if you're writing this down, I want you to make a list of things that give your body a break. They can be things like going and getting your favorite Starbucks drink, right? They can be things like like grabbing a book and just reading a book for a little bit. Now, those are like childlike things or things that give your body a little bit of a break. Now, you may think, well, I don't know if a child, well, there's children that like books, but there's also things that are, I would say, when's the last time you hopped on a swing? Think about that. When's the last time you hopped on a swing? When's the last time you ran through the sprinklers? When's the last time that you had music blaring and you literally were like singing along or dancing, even if you had absolutely no rhythm? Now, this is also important for people. One, this is important. If you are somebody who is single and you're wanting to share your life with somebody, my encouragement is for you to build a life that is fun and pleasant and exciting and you love your life while you're waiting, while you're saying, yes, I would still love to share that with a partner. Build out this full life now right? Some of the best things you can do after a dinner, even if you're by yourself, is to throw on music loud and start dancing around or singing, 
right? Now, if you are a parent in your home, this is one of the best things you can do. In my home, when my kids were all younger, our thing we would do is after dinner, as they got into those teen years, after dinner, there would always be board games on the middle of the table, and we would play a board game. I don't care if you're like 20, 30, 40, you always love a good board game. Anybody's ready to like, like, tackle monopoly, right, if it's on the table. So putting board games on the table, there's that childlike, right? Clean up at our house always had music on. Clean up if everyone was pitching in, helping after dinner, there was always music on. Because why? That just makes it more lighthearted. But when's the last time you did something that was childlike? Hopping on a swing, playing a board game. Now, somebody may be listening to this being like, oh my gosh, I do all those things. Yes. And what kind of feel does that add to your life? That's, that's the part of our life that is calm and pleasant and joyful. Now, sometimes if we've had traumatic experiences or we're struggling with depression or anxiety, our body doesn't get that break and it doesn't learn how to pendulate out. It doesn't learn how to find those pockets. It lives in a state that is more anxious or it lives in a state that's more depressive. So when I'm working with a client, while we're working on managing anxiety or managing depression and looking at those tools, we are also working on how do I start to create this? I want almost as if I have two different worlds I live in and I kind of swing back and forth between the two. So I live over here, I get my tasks done, I do what I need to do for my adulting, and then I have a place that I swing out to that is calm and pleasant. You know, my my. <laughs> My sweet man reminds me regularly. He's like, you just, you just have your, you always live in your little optimistic world. And he, and, you know, he had a friend at a friend, a buddy he plays golf with who is moving and is he's moving far away. So he's not going to get to see him anymore. And this friend just invited him to this really cool golf trip in Idaho. And so he was, which, which he's at right now. And, you know, he said, man, I'm going to really miss my friend. I'm really going to miss, miss this cool trip too. And I said, yeah. But good thing is you got in on that trip. You got in on that trip before he goes. That's awesome. And he like looks at me like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do with you. And he's like, you always, he's like, oh, there it is again, your optimistic world. And I said, yeah, but it's a great world to live in. It's a wonderful world to live in. Why? Because I'm the one that has to live in it. Okay. Now, does that mean everything in my life is great? No. Does that mean there aren't hard things in my life? No. It doesn't mean I'm escaping reality. It means I'm giving myself a place where I can swing to that I get a break from reality. Ooh, did you see that? Right? This is not me being naive. It is not me avoiding the hard things in my life. I just want to be able to swing. A pleasant life, a balanced life has a swing to it. I'm going to say that again. A balanced life has a swing to it. I come over here. I handle the hard things. I handle the troubles. I handle the, I handle, handle the struggles. And then I swing out and I create a world that is calm and pleasant. It's got to tap into that childlikeness. Now, here's the challenge. When we have had a big trauma, right, and our body has more of a traumatic experience, oftentimes it will, we have to work on building out that world to swing over here. Because if you are in a survival state, there is nothing in a survival state that allows our body to swing over to a place that is calm and pleasant. Because in, now think about this. In order to swing out to a place that is calm and pleasant and idyllic and childlike, why does a child why is a child so lighthearted? Think about it. Why is a five-year-old so carefree? Because they know. They know their mom or their dad is there and protecting them. There is such a shield over them of protection that their little bodies can let down. Right? And when we've had a lot of trauma or we are in a survival state, 
our bodies cannot let down because there's a part of our brain that goes, you cannot let down. You cannot let down. The threat is still too high. So when I'm working with a client who's experienced a lot of trauma, it's learning how do I how do I protect myself? How do I grow this internal parent? I've got to grow this internal parent inside of me that says, I'm here. I'm going to protect you. I've got you. And if I see a threat coming, I will call you. But for now, you can go over here. You can pendulate out. And you can play and you can be lighthearted. And I've got you. I've got eyes on it. And if I see a threat, we will rise to the occasion. But for right now, you can take a break. Oftentimes what happens is if our body's experienced a lot of trauma, it slips into the survival state and it says, no, no, don't do that. Don't go off your guard. Don't let your guard down because something bad really might happen. Okay. And we learn that often by traumatic experiences. So sometimes what we don't realize is by experiencing a lot of trauma in our life, we've lost We've lost the ability for our body to live in this childlike state, not, not full-time. Now think about it. If you lived in childlike altogether, then you would, not ta- you would not handle the tasks that are needed to handle in adulting and in life, accomplishing tasks, going to a job, learning how to take care of yourself, eating, sleeping, all of that. We'd miss that if we lived over here in childlike. However, if all we did was live over here in tasks and getting things done, that doesn't lead for a very pleasant and calming life right? So we want to be able to find a balance. We want to be able to swing in between both worlds. Come over here, get everything done, get what we need to get done, swing out, right? Now, what I have found, and I learned this when one of my trips, so we have a small nonprofit where we would go into third world countries, specifically Africa and India, India quite quite uh, a lot, and we would work with um, different nonprofits there, different agencies. In India, we work with agencies that take girls out of sex trafficking, and we work on educating the staff on working with a traumatized population. But I noticed something really very quickly, which is in a lot of these areas, and particularly in India and all of them, though, that the need is always so great. The need of the girls, the just the, 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 the living was hard, like making sure like the generator was on and making sure they had clean water and making sure like and then the needs of the girls and like the, the needs were always so great that the needs were never ending. And when the needs are never ending, then if you are tending to those needs that are never ending, stick with me here is that I would often find them saying being completely burnt out, the workers working in these organizations being completely burnt out, but their response to it was not, I'm burnt out, I need to take a break. Their response was, I don't have a choice because these still need to get taken care of. Now, I want to say that, why am I pausing there? Because oftentimes we do that our, because of our own experience, because of our own trauma, because of our own survival states, whether it's financial, emotional, mental, that oftentimes our body's like, you cannot take a break. You cannot swing out and go over there because these still things all need to be addressed. They all need to be addressed. And what I would often, when I was working with those with those uh, organizations and those staffs, one of the things I would say, that that's one option. You can do that, but... What burnout will do is take you out. And when burnout takes you out, you don't come back quickly. So if really what you want to do is to be able to care for these girls as long as you want to care for them, as long and as well as you want to care for them, then you need to be thinking long-term. And if, you need, if you're thinking long-term, then you need to be able to pause and build in rest points now, or else you will not get to do what you want to do as long as you want to do it. And that's what we need to create internally inside of our bodies is this, this mentality that says, I know we have a lot to do. I know financially everything's relying on me. I know, I know that I see that those kids have, they need so much. However, 
However, if I do not pendulate out and start to create these moments, and they don't have to be huge, they don't need to be hours. You don't you don't say, sorry, kids, I'm coming out in four hours. I've got to go over to my my world over here, my childlike world. No, not saying that. They can they can be small and they can be big, right? They can be small. It can mean just hopping in the bathtub. It can be just sitting in your car with the Starbucks drink. That's like a small swing over here to this pleasant place, this childlike place. Or it can be big, like what I did going to Spain. Sans children, without children, all of a sudden that that bring that's a whole different vacation than with children. By the way, I think we need to come up with a new word. It's not a vacation if it's a vacation with the children. Yes, it's fun, but I think that's an adventure. Like I took my girls uh, to Tulum last year. That was an adventure. That was fun. Was it a vacation? Not when you're a mom and you have two teenage girls in Mexico. Hell no. That's not a vacation. I needed a vacation from that one, that adventure. We'll call those adventures, right? But but my vacation in Spain without children, no responsibilities. It was fantastic. That, okay, now that was a big, big, a big time over here. A, a lot of time allotted to this state of just being off and being pleasant and calm. Again, so I could swing back in and now I can go back to adulting and I can go back to doing what I want to do. And it allows me to do all those things, whether it's work or home or tasks or just life tasks. It allows me to do that more effectively and longer, right? Sometimes I'll pause when I'm working with these organizations and I will say to the staff that works with these girls that come out, young girls, sweet girls that come out of trafficking, and I've gotten to talk with a lot of them and meet them and hear their stories, and I'll say, what is it that you long for those girls? And I'll just listen to them. What is it you long for these girls? And they will invariably say, I want them to have a happy life. I want them to build a life where they have a partner and they have somebody that loves them. And oftentimes someone will say, well, I want them to have a job that they like or they feel they're good at and, and have a life that they enjoy and live a productive life. And I'll say, okay, now, if that's what you want for them, why would we not want that for ourselves as well? Why is that okay for other people? If you're a mom, why is that okay for your children? But, but do, we, do we tend to ourselves in the same manner, right? Who's tending to us? Something, one of the things that gets lost, why you hear a lot of psychologists and therapists talk about building this inner parent, and not just an inner child, but this inner parent, and you've heard me say this quite a few times, but I want to stress it because it's so important. An inner parent has two characteristics. They're nurturing, they're loving, and they're protective. You got to have both parts. Uh, a part, a parent that tends to and meets your needs has both. They're nurturing and loving, and they're protective at the same time. And those are the elements that we want to start to build in ourselves. Who's nurturing to us? Who's protecting us? If we don't build that within ourselves, then we will oftentimes rely on somebody else to do that. Now, is it okay to have a partner that's nurturing? Yes. Is it okay to have a partner that's protective? Yes. We like that, but that's the icing on the cupcake. It's not the cake. If we rely solely on them for those two things, then we will get angry and mad at them if we feel like we're not protected and we are not loved. Ooh, did you see that? That's why we have to fill the cake. And sometimes we come out of our own childhood and that cake has not been filled. That's left over from childhood and that is for us to tend to. And I need to build an, I want to build an internal parent that is nurturing, that is protective. And yes, if our, my partner's there and then I get some from them, but if they are not there, I still have somebody who's watching out for me. And part of watching out for yourself is learning how to say, I know you can do it. Yes, doll, we know you can get everything done. I know, I know you can do it. Just because you do it doesn't mean you shouldn't. It doesn't mean you should. I don't know. Do we have any of our overachievers? Any of our type A? See, this was my problem for a long time is because I'd say, but I can do it. 
I can do that. I could do that. Just because you do, just because you could do it doesn't mean that we should or it's what's best for us. And I had to learn that building this internal parent inside of me says, yes, I could do that. But I also know right now we need to be able to swing over, pendulate out, take a break, let my mind have a break. Let me be like a kid again. Let me be silly. Let me be goofy, right? Let me do that. And then I can swing back in and I can go back to adulting again. That's what allows my body to recharge. That allows my body to to sit down for a little bit, to rest for a little bit. And again, a survival body often has to relearn how to do that and how to build it in. As we're wrapping up, one more little thing you can put over here. I mentioned snacks and meals, little things like a drink, like a song, like a fragrance, big things that you can live over here, like a trip or a concert, right, or a weekend away. The other thing that you can put over when you pendulate out is a resource that we use a lot in the trauma resiliency model. And that resource is one where you can create in your mind, it can be imaginary or real, but it's creating a space in your brain. And you can do this along with me right now as you're listening. If you're driving, pull over. <laughs> if you have kids, pay attention to them. Do it later. But it's it's starting to create a place. I'm gonna have you think of a place that is either calm or pleasant. It can be made up or it can be it can be real. And I want you just to imagine yourself there for a moment. I'm gonna walk you through this kind of slow so you can do it with me. So if you need to pause this and come back to it, you can. And I'm gonna have you just see where you are for a moment, and I'd say, what do you notice around you? And if your brain pops out of it, that's okay. Just go right back to where you are in that, in that place in your mind that's imaginary or real, that's calm or pleasant. And what do you hear? What is it that you hear? And I just want you to focus on that. And is there anything that you smell? What does it smell like where you are? And is it hot or is it cool? Can you feel a breeze on your face or is it still? And as you stay there, what do you notice in your body? And if it's not a pleasant state, we're going to want to shift out. But if it's a pleasant state or a calm state, just notice where you notice that in your body. I'm just going to have you breathe it in a little bit deeper and just stay there a moment longer. And what I'm going to encourage you to do is to go back to that place if it's a pleasant and calm place. I'm going to have you go back to it every day. It doesn't need to be long. We just took a minute or two right now. But why do I want to have you go back to it every day? Because then you're creating in your brain a groove and that knows how to get that sensation. And if I do that every day, then when I'm pendulating out, my body can grab hold of it. So if I'm having a really stressed day, if I'm having a really taxing day, oftentimes if something's really hard or anxious, anxiety filled, our brain can't tap in. It just not, it's not going to be able to pull up that picture. But if I've built this muscle, which is what I've done, where I go back every day, now on my body, my brain has this really strong groove. I've built this muscle muscle that's a lot stronger that I can access that. So I'm going to encourage you to add that resource to just practicing that every day and use that as part of when you pendulate over here and just put that in this this place of little pocket. Again, it's okay to have escapes. It's okay to have pauses and breaks from life. 
right? And then I can pendulate out and I can deal with the tasks in life. Well, dolls, with that, I'm going to start to wrap up. If this was helpful at all, I'd ask that you just pass it along to a friend if anybody comes to mind. Again, I'll be back to dating information next week. Um, but just, you know, even as I was walking you through that exercise, I was just thinking about my trip to San Sebastian and this hike we did, a two-hour hike, and and thinking about that that resource that I created while I was there. And I'm, I'm not sharing things with you that are just like things I learned in a textbook. These are things that have been impactful and helpful in my life, not just for my clients, but in my life as well. If this is helpful, let me know. I love hearing feedback. Let me know what was helpful, what was not. I love getting suggestions and hearing for other, other ideas for, for podcast episodes. Again, I'd ask that you rate, review, and subscribe. That allows us to reach more people and continue to grow. So as always, I sign off with saying, be kind, be kind to others, be kind to yourself. If anything goes along with our message today, sometimes we're so filed, so have such a message out there of like, be kind to others, be kind to strangers, but do not forget to be kind to yourself. Listen to how you talk to yourself. You know, sometimes some of us have a bully living inside of us. We're so kind to other people, but boy, we have a bully that bullies us and lives inside of our body. Be kind to ourselves. We got to spend more time in these bodies and with our thoughts than anybody else on this planet. So don't forget to be kind to yourself. And with that, I will see you next week.